You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting and screenwriters and anything to do with the film and television business. My name is Jared Dean Winchester. I'm your host. I thought I'd switch gears from all that critic talk that I've been talking about in the previous episodes because entering into the new season of Saturdays with the Story Dude, I sort of decided to kick us off this season with talking about Hollywood. Actually, I just spit more about Hollywood because... Quite frankly, we aren't seeing that much or people don't even know about Tollywood. I mean, this is mind-boggling because people know Bollywood is from India, but they absolutely have no idea what Tollywood is or that Tollywood is actually Bollywood's twin brother. The twin brother who's been, quite frankly, hidden away with an iron mask over his face, so to speak. Now, lately, me, myself, who grew up watching Tollywood movies... I've seen the worst growing up, but I've also seen the best. And lately, the movies that are coming out are far better than what Bollywood has been bringing out combined with any other film industry that you can talk of. Now, is there a reason for this? Yes. Part of it has to do with the idea and the execution of said idea of the film. And, you know, Tollywood and Bollywood do not suffer as much from all that criticism of political correctness and all that other sort of objections that Hollywood movies or Western movies are subjected to. And there's a reason for that. You see, in India... Tradition is valued, and depending on how you look at it, the critics are practically non-existent, or rather the readers who read scripts are non-existing. In my opinion, I'll see that as both a positive and a negative, the reason being is that on the positive note, 
you aren't as restricted to filmmaking and the quality of your film. You're not really dependent on the um, script readers or the critics or it, some sort of focus group that tells you what to put and what not to put. And you don't have those kinds of, you know, focus group audience who actually complain about the realistic aspect of the film. Because everybody knows film and TV aren't realistic. They're not supposed to be realistic. They're supposed to be fantasy. And it's an escape medium for the most of us who have spent an entire day dealing with reality and want to escape reality at the end of the day because our brains need a break. Now, I'm no psychologist. I am no therapist, or nor am I a neurologist for that matter. I'll put those disclaimers up front, and I'm going to follow that up by saying our brains definitely need a break after a hard day of dealing with solid reality in our life. We have enough of that in our life. We do not need more of it. So, that's the positive. Now, the negative is there are more variations of an original film and there was more, you know, mediocre films, or there's more mediocrity in the films being produced. Now, if you want some idea, I'll give you one. Because both Bollywood and Tollywood suffer from this. And this is the bad side. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to paint a rosy picture by saying, oh, Tollywood is great or Bollywood is great and is infallible. That sort of nonsense. No. Just like any other film industry, it has its drawbacks. And just like any other film industry, it is fallible. So to start us off with, and we will continue this probably after the break, but the first item I'm going to focus on is the history. So I'm just going to give you an idea of what films did when it came to boy meets girl love stories because that is the primary type of films that are being made. And they're still being made 
and they're done to death, for a lack of a better description. Okay, so to start, in the 50s, when Bollywood and Tollywood first came into being, in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, it was mostly about getting the other or impressing the significant other, mostly by men, showing your alpha male strength to defeat the villain and to do the damsel in distress type movies. And that sort of continued into the 80s as well. But in the 90s, the films were focused on eloping. So that means we have a boy and a girl who have fallen in love. The problem is the parents. And because in India, importance is given to the parents and their opinion, the primary premise that was circulating among the movies is not just eloping, but disapproving parents or parents who are so fixated on marrying their kid off to the wealthiest of the families. So let's just say we have a middle-class middle family, and that middle-class family has a son and said son falls in love with a beautiful girl also of middle class but the parents have other ideas they have found for him an upper class family who have a girl ready for marriage and they've already arranged that now all their hopes and dreams are set for that and they tell their son you must marry this girl because she is rich and our lifestyle will be better bloody bloody blah any number of excuses they would throw. The boy says, no, no, no. I love this other girl. I'm going to marry her. Parents disapprove. And the lovers elope. They get married. And somewhere along the line, something happens, like either a disagreement, an argument, that sort of puts the relationship on the rocks. And, or, in some cases, something happens to a significant other where 
the other partner has to grovel back to the in-laws to request payment for the hospital bills because in India, surgery and any treatment does not go ahead until payment is received. So that's what's being portrayed. Now there's a huge problem with that. Disapproving parents and eloping lovers, too cliche. It has become too cliche. And that's not the only problem. And we're going to continue that after the break. Learn the craft of screenwriting with the guys at ScreenwritingU.com. They have free classes for you to test the waters. And then they have the Pro Series courses, which are the flagship of the Screenwriting U courses. The owner and founder is actually an expert in the industry. And you get to learn not only the craft of screenwriting, but also the business of screenwriting. So what are you waiting for? Inquire today at ScreenwritingU.com. That's ScreenwritingU with a capital U dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Wales Productions, where your journey begins. Welcome back. So, I've been talking to you about the issues or the fallacies or the faults or the problems that come with both Tollywood and Bollywood movies. And I've talked about eloping lovers, disappearing parents, and wooing a girl, the heroine of the story, if you're an alpha male. That was prevalent. But things started to change and movies started to get better in the early 2000s. It's almost as if Tollywood is beginning to understand how movies are made. Granted that Bollywood is doing this too, but on a less prevalent basis. So to continue with the problems, if a story or if a film has a promising premise or a strong promising premise, for that matter, what's going to happen is that promising premise is in the process of delivering it, but the filmmaker kind of ruins it by spending a half an hour of critical screen time developing 
the romance side of our main character, which could easily be cut. And it was as though it's sort of a requirement or formulaic that these filmmakers are doing it. And that's not the only thing. You see, when a heroine or when a female lead character is introduced, I can honestly tell you that the filmmaker first starts out by giving you a close-up shot of the female lead's hips moving on to the eyes and then the lips and then back to the hip doing some sort of a sexy movement that would possibly lure the male fan base, the younger male fan base, and then a full shot of the girl coming out, like, you know, in a sexy manner. So to simply put, it's the obvious objectification of the female form. I don't condone it, and I wish this type of perversion stops because in India this is a huge problem and because of that we have sexual assaults of girls kidnappings of girls because girls are no longer safe and where are the feminists now, I'm not trying to get political. I'm not trying to go off tangent here. But it is something for you to think about. It is something for you to ask the feminists. Because they keep arguing female empowerment and women is all equal and all that. But I digress. So you can see that how much influence doing something like this has an impact in the real world. But also, the boy meets girl premise has been done to death. And it's still being utilized. Boy Meets Girl films are still being made and the premise revolves around the goal of our hero trying to impress the girl's father. And I'll give you an example of this. In Shankar Dada MBBS, where our gangster of a main character, or rather 
our character, our main character, who's actually a gangster, in order to protect his family honor, in order to impress his father, or in order to impress a girl, goes to college. That sort of goal and that sort of premise is what I would call out on. That's the sort of premise that needs to stop. But a couple of the notable premise that did deliver was there was this film about a 70-year-old man returning to college. And that sort of premise delivered. Now, those sort of movies are pretty rare. And I would applaud the filmmakers for taking the effort, for making the effort. And thank Zeus, this sort of thing happens, this sort of rarity occurs when there is zero critic intervention or when there is little critic intervention or input. Now, like I've said before, no critic intervention or little critic intervention means there'll be more mediocrity in the films. Now, again, that's bad. But the filmmakers that are really good, that really shine, are the ones that really have the good ideas. Now, I'm going to just come out and I'm going to say that I wish Tollywood would stop on the boy meets girl premise and focus on the minority groups, focus on including the minority groups, namely the LGBT community. Now, why am I an advocate? Because a lot of the attitudes and a lot of the, uh, you know, ignorances from the opposition comes from the heteronormality of society. And if film is further propagating that, that is a problem. You have to ask yourself this question. Why on earth are you glorifying something that happens practically every day, i.e. a boy meeting girl and wooing the girl and getting the girl? Why is that the center of attention. 
Why are you glorifying it? What is so special about it that you have to put this beautiful, you know, um, you have to like have a beautiful background and you have to make everything look beautiful and artsy. Ask yourself what is so special about that. That is my challenge to you. Also, ask yourself, why are you making such a film? Is it just to express yourself or is it simply to piss people off? Or is it because you have nothing, no great ideas to present to the world? Because there's so much competition. There are so many other filmmakers who are thinking the same thing. It's become a prevalent problem. And when you glorify something like that, it sort of gets engraved in people and they act in a way where the minorities are shoved to one side and that they don't matter unless more filmmakers come out and if they say that they support the minorities, i.e. the LGBT community, they had better put their money where their mouth is. And that is an expression you can take to the bank. And what that expression means is, don't just say it. Talk is cheap. Do it. Show us that you back up those statements. Show us that you mean it and you back it up by making a film that includes minorities or making a film about an LGBT character. Now, there is a misconception to say that you have to be a member of the LGBT community to make a film about LGBT characters. This is completely false. It's completely a fallacy. You don't need to think that because as long as you have the premise, as long as you have the concept of love, of whatever it is that you're trying to portray, great. That will be your victory. You don't just make a film for the sake of making a film or you don't make art for the sake for the sake of art or for the sake of self-expression because 
when you do that, that self-expression of yours needs to be shared by your audience. You see, your audience also needs to share whatever it is you're expressing. They need to be on the same page as you. So as long as that is happening, go on ahead and express it. But I would encourage you to slowly move away from glorifying or objectifying or beautifying even anything that happens in real life or anything that happens in everyday life. And if you do that, I am sure that the competition for the audience's viewing eyes and for the audience's dollar or money will not only be made real, but it will be fierce. Now, for the critics and for the script readers, if you do this, you are making it harder for them to say no to you because they are looking for any reason to say no to you. And that includes finding fault with your movie, whether it's in script form or in film form. Okay, so I've said enough about that, but because Tollywood has a few of the greatest philosophical lines, philosophical pieces of dialogue. Now, there was a movie called Josh, like, oh my Josh, which had a dialogue which was said by a supporting character, which I really liked. And that will be our segment for the start of the season for our favorite dialogue. And I'm going to give you the translated version of this. And it goes something like this. Teachers or instructors or professors, for that matter, will teach you the lesson first and then test you. But life will test you first and then teach you the lesson you need to learn. Very powerful and something for you to think about. And that statement, I'm going to have to reference what Martha Kent said, which was in one of the previous episodes back in season 
two or season one, I believe, where she says, life only asks of you what it thinks you can handle. Now, this one, I just told you, and that one go hand in hand. In fact, you can segue from this piece of dialogue, which is professors, instructors, or teachers will teach you the lesson first and then test you, but life will test you first and then teach you the lesson you need to learn because it does this by asking you what it thinks you can handle. See what I did there? I easily segued from this piece of dialogue into the other one. So you can combine the two. So, our favorite dialogue for this episode is professors, teachers, and instructors will teach you the lesson first and then test you, but life will test you first and then teach you the lesson. Very powerful indeed. So I'm going to close it there. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Season 3 of Saturdays with the Story Dude. And until I talk to you again, don't forget to turn that page.